0: Take me to the in the middle
1: of the sun. What's up, guys?
0: Welcome to ID Podcast, where we interview the world's leading relationship, marriage, dating, and self-help experts. Whether you're dating, single, married, or struggling in a relationship, we're here to help give you the tools to succeed.
1: On today's show, we welcome Valerie Green. And Valerie is a relationship mentor who helps individuals by inspiring them to fulfill their deepest needs and desires. Valerie has been coaching for over 12 years and holds numerous certifications in NLP, emotional healing modalities. And we have a ton of great stuff from Valerie today. We really dive into... What she calls emotional alchemy. And it's a process to understand what it is that we desire and share that with our partner in a way that is going to help our relationship flourish. And if you're single, it's going to help you because you're going to come in with the knowledge of what it is that you truly want in a relationship. And so, on the surface, we think we want these things and we go through life and Even if you're in a relationship and you could be married for 10 years and you think you have an idea of of what it is you want from your partner, but until you really take a second to slow down, examine the feelings that you have, then you're really going to understand what it is. Because on the surface level, the fact that you might get upset when your partner doesn't clean the bathroom, as Valerie uses uh, as an example in the episode, that is – Usually something much deeper going on if if there's this reoccurring thing and you're like you shouldn't be that upset or that shouldn't body bother, bother you that much. You hold this resentment towards your partner. There's an underlying issue within the relationship or within yourself or both And Valerie walks us through the steps to uncover this and communicate it with your partner and come out the other end in a better and more productive way to go through your relationship or in Valerie's case, she found that it was just something that her marriage at the time, it, it really, they had different goals and desires long-term and they, uh, had a divorce and that was a, a, actually a positive experience for, for Valerie and for her partner. And she tells us about it in the episode today. As always, we appreciate you guys listening. You can subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Tell your friends. We're super excited. We passed over a million downloads a couple shows ago. uh, I think maybe two shows ago. And it's just awesome when we get emails and messages on Facebook every day from our listeners telling us that our episodes are having a real impact on their lives. And we are not the experts. We are getting just as much knowledge and, and great stuff from our guests. We're just here to interview them, dissect it, and bring it to you. So again, thanks for listening. Enjoy the show.
0: Support for IDU podcast comes from Talkspace, the online therapy company that believes that therapy should be affordable, confidential, and convenient. Join over 500,000 people who have used Talkspace for online therapy with their licensed therapist. Get $30 off your first month by visiting Talkspace.com forward slash That's one word, I-D-O. That's Talkspace.com forward slash I do. Hi, Valerie. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Great. I'm
2: so happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: So, Valerie, we've given our listeners a little overview. Why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships.
2: Well, thanks so much. Um, This is just my favorite thing in the world to do because growing up as a kid, um, I had fantastic parents, um, but they really, um, they had more of a can do attitude, you know, um, and I've always been a very emotionally empathic person. And so I always felt like there was something missing because I would connect to people really well, but, um, I was like, there's something missing. And it wasn't until, um, my early thirties actually, that I had a breakthrough in my relationship with empathy where my partner really was able to give me this deep sense of, um, emotional connection and empathy. And it like blew my world. And um, before that, I had actually fallen into patterns of getting into fighting um, because we would clash our, you know, what I wanted with what he wanted. And we would both, you know, be in a power struggle over, you know, things like cleaning or scheduling or, you know, um, I guess the things that most couples fight about. But um, I didn't know how to get underneath it. It was just sort of a battle of wills. And as soon as he was able to give me empathy, it's like my whole world opened up. And I was able to tune into my deeper emotional needs, and um, it took me years of practice to be able to master it. I studied nonviolent communication, and I studied a myriad of emotional healing modalities because it was like my entire way of experiencing the world transformed, and I felt way more um, met and supported and held. And I was just like, wow! And um, and then I did my first coaching training 12 years ago, so I started um, using more of the emotional healing tools with my clients, and and they really had breakthroughs in terms of getting what they wanted in their lives and relationships. And um, that's what drew me to focusing on relationships specifically because I feel like, um, and that's what led me to train with teachers like Susan Johnson, um, who I don't know if you're familiar with her um, work. No, uh, what did she do? Oh, she's the founder of what's called Emotionally Focused Therapy, and um, I did her uh, sk- core skills training, uh, which most which is mostly only open to therapists, but they let me take it as a coach because of how passionate I was about it. And um, actually, most fights that happen between couples are actually about the emotional and attachment needs that are underneath the surface, not what they s- seem to fight about on the surface. So as soon as I discovered that, uh, I really made it my passion to guide both couples and also it works if just one person in the relationship is able to identify their feelings and their desires in a deeper way and start to communicate them instead of fighting and I've seen again and again how when even one person is able to do that um, they can reach solutions because they're connected and they feel like they have each other's back Um, and then they want to solve the problem together so I've developed a coaching program for both couples and for women and really how to to stop fighting and fall in love again, uh, using this principle of a deeper emotional connection with themselves and then creating that with their um, with their partner and that 's just what i 'm passionate about doing so
1: well we love that story, and I love how you you have that personal story and and I, I, this podcast is definitely not about digging into your relationship past but i think it's it's so interesting can i ask what was the catalyst for your partner to show more empathy towards you was that something you communicated to to them or how did that come about
2: you know it was really interesting i mean it's and and it's not about digging into my past but um you can read my story on my website Um, because it, the whole story is so interesting because it it was actually, um, my ex-husband and he and I are still the best friend, the best of friends. Um, and he, he moved to California. So we don't see each other anymore, but we talk on the phone regularly and give each other emotional support. It was literally, um, like I had been taught. Um, just, just by the way my parents do things, and there's nothing wrong, but they have this can-do attitude where, you know, if, if I'm having a challenge, let's talk about how we solve it. Let's not talk about our feelings, you know? I mean, they didn't judge my feelings or anything, but that was just, I didn't know any other reality. Um, and um, when I met him, he was the first person that had ever really given me empathy where I would say, I have a challenge. And he would say, wow, that must be really hard. Tell me how you feel about that. And I would sort of be like, uh, "How do I feel about it? Don't you want to solve it?" You know. But it was like, "Well, sure, but let's let's explore your feelings. I care about your feelings in it, and it allowed me to have the space for that. A lot of men don't know how to provide that space for a woman, <laughs> um, and you know, I was just really blessed that he did. And I started to be able to explore my feelings, and I was like wow, you know, it allowed me to identify what I wanted on a deeper level too, rather than just focusing on what I wanted on the surface, you know, if that makes sense. And then of course what wound up breaking us apart was that we had different visions for the future. So we actually, um, but we didn't know that when we got married, but, um, it was those kind of conversations over the course of two years where we really were able to hold space for each other's feelings and desires and process all of the, you know, challenging emotions like, you know, hurt and um, jealousy and resentment, and but hold space for each other's feelings, which is what caused us to not fight about it and actually have those deeper conversations, and that's what allows us to be amazing friends even to this day. And. And that clarity was what allowed both of us to find better, you know, more compatible partners as well, because we didn't just hold resentment towards each other. We really were able to, you know, hold space for each other's feelings. And if one of us felt resentful, it was like, okay, well, what did you need that you weren't getting? And what was the misunderstanding?
0: And after you got divorced, how did you continue to nurture those feelings like in another relationship or were you able to, or was it that he encouraged it more? And so it made it easier to, to nurture those feelings.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, um, so the way that I was able to have such a deep sense of emotional presence during those two years that we were having those intense conversations was, um, I actually developed a, um, a practice that I now teach to my clients. And I call it emotional alchemy. (laughs) And um, it's a process that you can do on your own to be able to identify the desires underneath your feelings and shift the emotional energy, like feel the emotion as a sensation in your body, but then shift the emotional energy into a clarity about your desires and then how to communicate your desires to the other person in a way that's not making them wrong or not making the moment wrong, that they're not being met. Just like, well okay, here's my desire. Like, let's, let's see how we can make this work for both of us. Um, So I developed this system to transform my emotions while I was with him, because that's what we needed. (laughs) So I had this system to take with me. And um, so, you know, for the next um, six months after we separated, I was using that process with myself every day to be able to process my own feelings because there was a lot going on for me around my relationship with my own integrity and my sense of guilt or regret for the decisions that I had made. And I took all of that through the emotional alchemy process so that I was clear. So I wasn't bringing that forward uh, into my next relationship. And then I had the clarity for what I needed in a partner um next and so then the men that i dated after that i i attracted different kinds of men into my life after that uh, because i was clear about what i wanted i mean it wasn't like um you know I, it, like a woo woo attraction thing it was more like i just felt attracted to different kinds of men cuz i had processed through all of those old emotions and i had received clarity for what i really wanted
1: well, I'm intrigued. What is this emotional alchemy process? Can you? I'm sure it's pretty in depth if you're if you're teaching on it. But can you give us a snapshot for for Sarah and I and our listeners of how someone could go through this process?
2: Oh, definitely. Um, and it's something that I I go through in depth uh, with my clients and teach in my programs, of course. But I'm happy to give you a snapshot. Um, so basically. Um, The way that we've been taught to deal with emotions, most people, uh, you know, is either to kind of speak our mind. Like, here's what I think. And, you know, because let's say uh, I'll come I'll try to come up with a specific example. Like, um, I mean, we'll use a really basic example, like that, you know, he's not cleaning the bathroom or something. uh, And we had an agreement, right? So a lot of people will just say, like, hey, we had an agreement and you didn't clean the bathroom. That's speaking our mind, right? Um, those are thoughts, not feelings. Um, and, but in order to have a really collaborative attitude, um, it, it requires us to be in touch with our feelings, not our thoughts, because what I want and what he wants seem to be in conflict. If it's, I want him to clean the bathroom, he's not doing it. That's, that's our thoughts and our actions, right? But our feelings and desires are deeper. So, um, so we're taught either to speak our mind or to sort of suppress our feelings and pretend like everything's okay, right? And um, but and that's fine if it works, but we we know that it doesn't work if it sort of keeps on coming out in weird ways, right? Like if if then I'll go on nagging him or or it'll come out sideways, right? So our suppressing our feelings doesn't really work. So the first thing I teach people to do um, in emotional alchemy is first of all, if you have that critical voice in your head to kind of journal it out just to get it on paper because those are not the words that work if you're making your partner wrong, you know. But you still have that voice in your head. So it's good to journal it out, you know, to get it out there. But then to recognize, um, this is a story I like to teach people and uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, the the three blind men and the elephant. Have you heard that one? I
1: have not. No.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah. So, um, it's a really simple story. There's three blind men and an elephant and they are trying to figure out, um, how they can see what an elephant looks like, even though they can't see. So they decided to break up, uh, into uh, different parts of the <laughs> elephant. elephant. <laughs> so together they can form a whole picture. Right. So, um, one of them feels its trunk and it's like, Oh, an elephant is like a hose. And the second one is feeling its leg. And he's like, no, you're wrong. The elephant is like a tree trunk. And the third one is feeling its tail and says, no, you're both wrong. The elephant's like a broom. And then they just start fighting over which one's right. But, you know, who's right?
1: <laughs> who's right? Yeah. None of them.
2: Well, exactly. and Or they're all right <laughs> they from need their to, own they need perspective. Right, they right. need to actually see each other's perspective in order to get the whole picture.
1: Exactly.
2: You know, um, so it's part of letting go of those thoughts in your mind is recognizing they're only half the picture. And that's how we kind of let them go. And if if uh, we need any kind of, you know, sometimes there's still those thoughts in our head, like he's wrong and he didn't do that. So sometimes just saying that's only half the picture isn't enough. So um, I, I help people to kind of, imagine what it might be like from his point of view or to at least question those thoughts or beliefs. Like, do you, how do you know that's true? Like just to kind of let go of it. But then what I help people do is to feel their feelings as sensations in their body because feelings are actually in the body. They're not in the mind. And, um, the research mostly by Jill boat Taylor shows that if we really just feel this sen- the emotion as a sensation in our body, it actually can give us deeper insight and it shifts from just anger or hurt or resentment into um, the sensation will shift. And um, so what I mean by observe the sensation is like, is it hot or is it cold where do you feel it in your body? And I mean, I can guide people through a practice around that you know, or you guys, <laughs> if you want for five minutes. Um, that's up to you but like is there a color or shape to it or what happens does it move or is it expansive or contractive and just following it in their body because what that does is it helps it to shift and for it to become manageable rather than kind of take us over if that makes sense
1: yeah that makes a lot of sense and i think i mean we can certainly go through that a little bit but i think what all of this to me it resonates as mindfulness and yeah, exactly. just being in touch with your feelings and it's such a simple concept but it's it's hard to do but it can have such a profound impact on on someone individually and then bringing that into a relationship It's so powerful. If one partner can be doing that, that certainly levels things out. But if both partners are doing it, it is a recipe for success. Or maybe like in your case, it's like with your ex-husband seemed like you guys were kind of doing that and you came to the realization that that this uh, wasn't working.
2: Well, no, exactly. Or at least, I mean, it transformed because we're still, you know, committed to being in each other's lives in a supportive way forever. But, you know, in a way that doesn't threaten our other relationships. Um, and, and that feels like it's an integrity with everyone, both my current partner and uh, his partner. So, you know, that's something that um, I know a lot of people can't relate to, but um, it feels you know, like that process allowed me to be able to go into my next relationship with so much more um, clarity about what I wanted. So that when I found the man that I'm with now, that it it we have such a deep connection and our sense of creating our future together is so clear and so creative and so fun and you know so much. There's so much um, joy and excitement. And when we trigger each other, we're able to help each other to process through it because um, both of our skills are so good. I mean, he he's also done uh, emotional healing training himself. <laughs> so although he's definitely more masculine, so, um, you know, he's more in terms of, like, strategy and planning and, you know, but then when I ask him how he feels, he's able to drop into his feelings so it's a really beautiful combination, but yeah, I mean that—that's I think what it takes is that at least one partner is able to be mindful about their feelings. Although that's just the next step, because I find that in order to really solve the um, issue, that feeling our feelings is is definitely a prerequisite. Because otherwise, if you're not really feeling your feelings, then you can't identify the deeper desires underneath um, you know, feelings are kind of like, I like to think of them as, um, they're like a flag that something is, is, is needed. You know, it's kind of like, uh, if you put your hand on a hot stove, it's the pain that lets you know (laughs) that you should take it off. Right. So if you couldn't feel your feelings, you wouldn't know. Right. But it's the same thing with a feeling in our life. It's like, it's a, it's a sign that something's off. So feelings have a message for us. And when we can feel them, then we can learn to decipher the message, which is what I um, kind of guide people to doing when I work with them. And the message is usually there's some desire or some um, emotional need or attachment need that's underneath. uh, That's not what it seems to be on the surface. So with that example of cleaning the bathroom, I am actually, I might be looking for support or I might um, be looking for you know, I uh, sense some collaboration, like we're both sharing the work, or um, I might just, you know, feel like it's a trigger from my past, because let's say my dad didn't keep his agreements. And then it's something that I need him to hold space for me to, to heal. And because that's, I think, a big um, thing that happens in relationships is that, you know, our brain projects our, our issues from our childhood onto our partner. And if we are not aware of that, we'll just fight about it. But if we are, then we can actually just hold space for the other person to feel their feelings about it and to release the past, you know, inside of that empathy. And, and I've, you know, seen that happen. I've had certainly have that with my current partner and I, I, that's something that I do for, for the people that I work with. So, that's kind of the, the essence of emotional alchemy is then, then you kind of, that's why I call it alchemy because the feeling will alchemize into a desire, um, or, or something that needs to be sort of expressed and experienced so you can let it go. And then there's a way of communicating about that desire or that thing that wants to be expressed that isn't making the other person wrong. That's just asking for their support.
1: Well, I'm glad you went into that next step. Now, it seems like that really getting to the root of that desire, that need is, it's obviously not an easy thing to do on your own. um, That's why talking with someone like yourself can be valuable. But what are some questions that our listeners can ask themselves to try to just begin that process of working towards figuring out they've established, they have these these feelings and, and outside of that surface level initial reaction, they're really becoming present, understanding that they're having this reaction, how do they get, what are some questions that they can ask themselves to get to that root cause?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So some questions that they might ask themselves um, is if they want something that is like a change on the outside, like they want their partner to uh, clean the bathroom, what would that provide for me in terms of an experience What experience am I looking for? And so then, you know, you might have to ask yourself that, sort of like an annoying five-year-old asking why. Why? Why? You know, why, why, why? Um, But, you know, it's not annoying when you do it with yourself. Um, But, okay, so what would that provide for me? Meaning, what would that allow me to experience? What would that allow me to feel? What would that allow me to, um, to do or to be or to have? Um, so you're looking for an experience, you know, something like, so let's say if I wanted my partner to clean the bathroom, it's like, Oh, okay. So then I could, um, trust that we'll, we'll have our agreements kept. And then what would that provide for me? Well, then I would feel, um, like a, a sense of true partnership. Um, like we're, 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 we're working on something together and we're, we're, we're really, it's not just my responsibilities or his responsibilities. It's like, I can really feel supported in the sense of partnership that we're doing it together, you know? So that's like a, a positive desire underneath. And that's something that you can talk to each other about. Um, but I don't recommend talking about it before you've really guessed what might be going on for him that he's not doing it. Like, is he going to do it later and you just have to be patient, <laughs> you know? um, you know, cause people hate to be nagged or is there something else going on? Like, is he prioritizing something else that's more important right now? Um, and so then it's a question of seeing like, okay, that's what's going on for him. So he needs choice and freedom and space to prioritize. That's not in conflict with me having partnership and support. Um, all those things can go together. So it's, it's only when you have that attitude of collaboration, like you can both have what you want, that you're ready to talk about it. <laughs> and I actually have a flow chart that I've created around how to have that kind of collaborative conversation. Now, I mean, cleaning the bathroom is not is a very simple example, but, um, it's, you know, one that I'm using cause it's simple. Um, I find, you know, but that's the point is that what most couples are arguing about whether it's cleaning or scheduling or parenting or you know in-laws or money, um, there's these deeper um, experiences that they're both looking to have. I love how John Gottman talks about it. He talks it about. He talks about it as er- both people have a dream that they want realized. And like, what's your dream and what's their dream? You know, because if you can really hold space for that. And you can ask each other those questions like what would that provide for you and what's important to you about that? Um, And what would that look like and feel like if you had it? And what would, um, you know, like I said, what would that allow you to be or to do or to have, you know? And uh, those are great questions to ask yourself and the other person to get underneath like what they want on the surface.
1: Those are really great insights and great questions to ask. And it's It's not easy. And and these things are super complex. It's like, you can ask these questions and still feel like you're just as lost as when you started, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't (laughs) ask them. And I think that's what a lot of people tend to do is, is that it, it is complicated. It is hard work. So, they almost they think it's easier just to not try to not get these feelings out to not examine them with their partner or maybe they examine them themselves but they don't want to bring it up because they know their partner is going to get frustrated and you you'll be bothering them and that is a a simple short-term solution to what is a long-term Problem and it's just going to keep coming up. So these are valuable things to go through do the hard work ask these questions examine them for yourself in the relationship and you're going to be better for it. You're going to be happier and your relationship is going to flourish or it's not going to flourish and you're going to realize that that you are not as compatible as maybe you thought you were or you're not going to be as happy as you could be in a different relationship.
2: Yeah. And those are tough questions, you know, of course, because, um, I don't think that, you know, I, I, I see that the incompatibilities are really around, like, let's say whether one person wants to have a kid and the other doesn't, or whether one person and, or really doesn't, you know, or one person, um, has an addiction or, um, one person wants monogamy and the other doesn't, um, or, uh, or, or you have completely different visions for the future, you know as was the case with me and my partner but i i've really seen that in other cases when you think you're not compatible there are ways to solve it if you really do first of all ask yourself these questions and sometimes it is going to bother the other person so like i said it there's a lot of factors involved like there is a good time and a bad time to bring it up and there's a good way and a bad way to bring it up um so that's you know there's there's Principles that I teach people and how to communicate these things
1: This is all such great information and I really love what you mentioned about uh, John Gottman saying uh, That most people have a dream that they want realized and I think it's important. I encourage our listeners and I know I I'm gonna try and Sarah but Talk about what that dream is with your partner and and certainly ask yourself that question and then say what will that dream allow you to be allow you to do allow you to have and i think sometimes we think we want one thing and that we have this dream but it when you really dissect it it might be something totally different and just because life is crazy that way and we get set on yeah. a path and and if you can just take a second to really ask the tough questions, examine it for yourself and in your relationship, you're going to be better for it.
2: Well, exactly. And I mean, that's what I see life being about is realizing our dreams. And so that's, you know, what more important work is there to do here? (laughs) Exactly. Well,
1: awesome. All, all great stuff. Now we got to move forward to the lasting love round. But first I want to tell you about our sponsor talk space if you listen to this show, you've heard us talk about it probably for about the last month. And what it is, is it's an app that connects you with a licensed therapist, handpicked just for you, for as little as $32 a week. And listening to this podcast is great. You're going to get a lot of great information from our guests. But a lot of times, to really see, Change in yourself, in your relationship, it's helpful to talk to a licensed expert. And that's what Talkspace makes it easier than ever to do. So, what you need to do is go to Talkspace.com forward slash I do, that's one word, and you will get $30 off your first month that helps the podcast. It helps us and it's going to help you. So again, that's talkspace.com forward slash I do that's I D O and you will get a $30 discount on your first month and you're going to improve yourself, improve your relationship from the comfort of your home off of your smartphone. Talkspace therapy for how we live today.
0: What is one tool or practice our listeners can use on a daily basis to help improve their
2: relationship? So, um, I was thinking a lot about this. I, I see a lot of things, but what I actually recommend to couples, if they are looking to do one thing is to learn their partner's love language. Um, and you can, if you don't know about love languages, you can learn more about them at the number five, lovelanguages.com because, um, We all have different ways that we need to experience love. It might be doing something for them. It might be touching them. It might be saying kind words to them. Um, And John Gottman's research shows that we need a five-to-one ratio of positive to negative interactions on a regular basis to keep that feeling of love alive. So positive actions could just include things like texting you, I miss you, or touching them on the shoulder as you walk past them, or asking how they how their day went, or picking up their favorite dessert. It's just that um, what'll speak most deeply to the other person is whatever their love language is, right? Yeah, so that's, um, that's what I would recommend to do one thing, is to find out yours and find out your partners, and then communicate them, and then try to speak their love language on a daily basis, because we actually really need to be um, taking loving actions on a daily basis. And if we are, then there's more room to talk about these deeper emotions. But if you're not, if you're not like connecting in a positive way on a daily basis first, then I find that there's not a lot of room for the more challenging stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, that's such a valuable tip. And it came up, Sarah and I have been together eight years now. And and it's still a, I don't want to say well, struggle, but we we were kind of in a... Um, conflict the other day where she was not feeling um, that I was speaking to her love language of, of, uh, what, like gifts, isn't that and like, uh, basically like making the time to uh, go on, on dates and, mm-hmm. and show affection that way. And that's the way, and we have a one and a half year old and, and I can come up sure. with every excuse in the world, but it, it doesn't <laughs> take away from the fact that she's feeling that. And, And then I know I receive, receive it in a uh, physical and that kind Mm -hmm. of way. And I think that's something we were talking about the other day, but you constantly need to stay on top of it because like I mentioned with the, with the other stuff, like life gets in the way when you have a kid, when you have businesses, you have things going on, it's not even that we're not happy together or having these amazing, like fights over silly things it's just like as simple as not showing attention to our love language and it just slowly chips away and then and then that can boil over or or it's just as simple as you just feel like there's something lacking so i know we're gonna get on that we got a date plan for this weekend sarah doesn't know but i just gave it away
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh i i I love to give it away (laughs) it's, it's,
1: it's so important so i i love that that you recommend that Is there a book or resource you can recommend for listeners who want to improve their relationship?
2: Yeah, um, I mentioned Susan Johnson in the beginning, and um, she wrote a book called Hold Me Tight. And what she does is she actually guides couples through these conversations about how to get underneath the surface of arguments to the emotional needs underneath and to really learn how to listen to each other's emotional needs and to meet each other's emotional needs um, through these deeper conversations. So she actually walks you through that in the book and it's called hold me tight. And, um, if you look on Amazon, it has like almost all five star reviews. I mean, it's, it's really her method of couples therapy, emotionally focused therapy has about an 80% success rate. And most couples therapy I think is more like 30%. (laughs) Um, so, um, hers is definitely the most well-researched and most successful. So I love, I would definitely recommend her book to couples.
0: Oh, great. Well, thank you. We'll be sure to add that book as well as the five love languages onto your show notes page on our website at idopodcast.com. Cool. We've been married for two years now. Is there any advice you'd give newlyweds?
2: It's so funny because (laughs) you already mentioned it, but um, (laughs) maybe this will just help to reinforce what you just said. But what I tell couples to do is to make sure to keep dating. (laughs) Um, And, Because, you know, uh, I I understand that, you know, obviously with a a one and a half year old, there's going to be a huge amount of uh, time pressure and you're not getting enough sleep and, you know, have to hire a babysitter and there's a million logistical things to do. Um, And what I, I'm, and it sounds like you're working that out to, to, to go on dates. And I think that's so important because that's how people fall in love. Um, is, you know, that you did things together, you went out and created experiences together. And so maybe now you don't get to do that as often, you know, maybe now it's once a month instead of every week or whatever it is, whatever, you know, but the fact that you're collaborating on that together is so important because, um, you know, that's what keeps that feeling of falling in love throughout the relationship is that you're keeping on having new experiences together. And so even if you only go out for an hour instead of five hours now, I think like a little bit at a time is important.
1: Yeah, it's so important. And and there is always a reason or excuse not to do it. So you really got to carve out that time.
2: Yeah, exactly. And you know, just ask yourself what support you might have that, that you haven't tapped into. Like, you know, parents, relatives, neighbors, friends to watch your child or, you know, etc. Yeah. uh or yeah.
1: Make it happen. What advice would you give our single listeners looking for a happy relationship?
2: Um, so yeah, this is something I run into all the time that, uh, many singles make lists of what they want in a partner and that's great. And I think every single, if you're not doing that, um, I think that's really important. Um, a lot of times those lists focus on physical attributes or shared interests. Like you both are athletic or you're both, um, you like traveling, etc. And those are good, um, But it's actually more important that you have shared values and shared visions for the future that that you want to create together, Shared dreams like I was talking about. Um, Because interests change and looks change, but values are things that your life stands for. Um, So values are things like service to others or kindness, generosity or family or community service. Um, and so what I encourage singles to do is to actually uh, inquire into their values and their their life purpose because those are the things that will keep you together for the rest of your life you know what your life stands for and those are the things that'll make you have shared dreams that'll help you to resolve whatever conflicts come up so then once you've clarified you know your values and your the, your life purpose then what places um, Can you go that find people who share your values, right? So probably not in a bar, (laughs) not that those people don't hang out in bars, but like if you're really spiritual, you're likely to meet that person in a spiritual group, or if you're um, really into community service, then you're likely to meet that person that way. Or if you're online dating or even um, I think the best way to meet someone is through friends tell, because friends share your values, Tell your friends about your values and say you're looking for someone. And do they know anyone? Or p- find a way to put those values in your online profile. And that's what I guide singles to do when I uh, work with them: is to make their online profile really reflective of these um, deeper values in a fun way. Because it's important that in your online profile that you communicate yourself with fun and humor and playfulness, um, not just like here's my life purpose. <laughs> 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 but You know that you say it in a fun and this playful guy is way. Right, exactly. (laughs) um, And that's one of the things I guide people to do. Um, But a lot of people leave those things out because they're scared it'll um, scare someone away. Um, Or women will leave the fact that they want to get married out of their online profile because they're scared it'll scare people away. But, I mean, that'll scare the wrong men away. That's good. (laughs) You know, so you want to be specific about this stuff. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Although Chase and I did
0: meet in a bar. Okay, <laughs> we're not yeah, bar people, yeah. but... Don't be sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exception no, to the rule. Totally, because yeah, exactly. the one thing we did have in common, we we're strong, our, you know, our values were the same. and I think that's what has allowed us to have a strong relationship. So I couldn't agree more.
1: But this was, <laughs> I'm dating ourselves, but this was, like I said, almost a decade ago before, uh, I guess... Online Tinder and, and all that, which that's a whole other thing. But I do love that you mentioned if you are online dating, which that seems to be a great way that people are meeting is to put your values on there and don't be afraid of it and don't, don't try to portray something that you're not. So put those values out there and, and you're going to attract someone, uh, that at, at the core, you're going to share those values. And like you mentioned, that is a very critical part of a successful relationship.
2: Yeah, totally. And you don't have to say it in a dry way. I mean, you can because um, the key to writing a good profile, I think, is to make it really um, visual and draw them into the story. So you can say, like, if you're into community service, for example, you'll find me, you know, like, like wearing a, a, a ball gown, like at a gala to support um, orphan children or something. Yeah. You know, I love that. Um, it's creative. So you're like being, you're being fun and playful, and talking and sharing visual details, but you're also sharing about your values.
1: Well, that's what I said when I first met Sarah. Said, you'll, you'll find me in a tux at the, the local charity event. <laughs> My name is Chase. Nice to meet you.
2: <laughs> no. Right? Yeah, you won't necessarily say that in a bar, but <laughs> no. it's good to no. say that on your online profile. <laughs> no.
1: no, no, I'm, I'm just joking. But yeah, that is really great advice, and you've given so much knowledge to us and our listeners today we want to thank you for coming on
2: wonderful and it was so nice to be on and um i uh encourage listeners to reach out to me if they want more support and i also have uh, a number of free trainings on my website video trainings and webinars so definitely check out the uh, other free information that i have great and what's your website for our listeners So it's coachvaleriegreen.com. So that's C-O-A-C-H. Valerie is V-A-L-E-R-I-E. And it's green with an E at the end. Uh, G-R-E-E-N-E.com. So coachvaleriegreen.com. And you can see right there on the homepage, I have video training and I have a a free webinar for women. So there's a lot of great uh, information that I have for free.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again for taking the time to come on the show.
2: Yay. Thanks for having me. This has been really fun.
0: Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you haven't done so already, head on over to our website, IDupodcast.com, to check out this episode's show notes and to sign up for our newsletter.
1: You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.